0: This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities, taking a look at the wheat markets for Friday, January 26. Well, yesterday in the wheat markets and across the grain space, we were higher to start the day. But Chicago Chicago wheat struggled to hang on to its gains, basically closed unchanged. Kansas City and Minneapolis managed to hold on to most of their gains, with KC up around 11, Minneapolis up 4 corn was basically unchanged. Soybeans tested the previous day's high, didn't really take them out by very much, and ended up taking out yesterday's low. So we turned a corner, it looks like, on soybeans, and they settled down around 17 cents on the front month. So we do have some grain markets that look like they're running out of gas. The night session is getting some follow-through to the downside in both soybeans and corn. And in wheat, uh, we're down around six across the board. So we're pulling back from Kansas City's high performance yesterday. Chicago kind of getting some confirmation that maybe we have found at least a short-term high here. The primary focus of the market's attention still is South America. It is shifting from Brazil to Argentina, but Brazil is still a concern now with you know really getting too much rain in that central and eastern part where we're trying to get the soybean harvest ramped up. Early in the growing season that region was hurting for rain and now they have adequate supplies but uh, harvest starting to gear up and it, it's going to delay soybean harvest at least at this point just slightly. But it does provide a nice base of moisture for the corn planting. So we'll see where all that goes but the shift in attention actually is moving to Argentina where really for the most part the, so far in the growing season they've had very few problems. Now, the last couple weeks, the heart of the growing area has turned dry. Temperatures are starting to really heat up, and it looks like the next week is probably dry as well. But the longer-range forecasts are now starting to bring some rain into that region. So we're seeing corn down about 4 this morning. Soybeans are down another 10 or so. So it does look like we've turned a corner there as well. Corn stalled out against an old low, which was the first resistance, and it does appear that that's going to turn out to be more formidable resistance. So it looks like all the grains are retreating here this morning. Soybeans, of course, you've got Brazil ramping up their their harvest, and uh, you've got uh, rains coming for Argentina. Now, the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange put out uh, some estimates this morning. For corn production, they increased corn production 1.5 million tons to 565 which is one and a half over where USDA currently sits. So this obviously is part of the pressure in the corn space this morning. Now that said, the crop condition ratings are down pretty hard for corn. They're down 5%. We're sitting at 41% this week. That's down five from last week. In soybeans, they also pegged production at 52.5 million tons, which is uh, two and a half million over what USDA currently has them pegged. But there too, crop condition ratings took a pretty big hit in one week, down 11 points in the good to excellent category at 44%. So while crop conditions are clearly in retreat in Argentina, they're bumping up production estimates. So kind of interesting to see that. So we'll we'll see where this goes. I would imagine next week's condition rating will show another decline because it's going to encompass what's going on right now. So those rains that are in the forecast a week to 10 days down the road are critical. If the forecast changes or they don't materialize, then I think uh, Argentina's gonna have to start ratcheting back these production estimates. But for now, you know this is more of a bearish component to both corn and soybeans, rather than uh, just looking alone at the crop condition ratings. For uh, farmers in France, they're still complaining about environmental regulations and low prices. They feel that the government should give them more support, and that kind of goes across the broader EU. They're part of the, the European Union. So they're, they're blockading roads and making life difficult for consumers. So the government's pre- scrambling trying to come up with some compromise where you know, the, the, the taxpayer, sends a little bit more to the farmer to try to appease those demands. We'll see where all that goes, but it's uh, one of the issues going on across the broader ag space. Russia reporting that they've donated 50,000 tons of wheat to a Central African country. This was part of their humanitarian, quote-unquote, push that they needed to keep that corridor open Everybody knows that Russia is not a philanthropic country, so they're probably doing this for more political reasons than anything else. We've got uh, the U.S. here reporting stellar numbers yesterday in the Q4 GDP up 3.3%. The trade was only looking for like one5 to 2%. So they just blew the doors off of those estimates and continues to show that the economy is just on fire uh, personal consumption was up 2.8%. So you know, despite the, the, the inflation issues and everything else, people are spending money. Uh, employment is near record lows. We keep adding jobs every month. Uh, the average earnings are going up. So there is money to spend. And that certainly helps cast a more positive tone to the broader economy, obviously, but also to the commodity space. So I I think that uh, longer term, that's more important. Short term, you know, we're looking at the supply-demand fundamentals for each individual market. Corn and soybeans look like they're more bearish than bullish. Wheat is kind of stuck in more of a sideways pattern. I I think we have found some seasonal lows for Kansas City that's going to turn out to be some double bottom lows. We have a pretty good feel for what the supply is for old crop, obviously, but even worldwide. So it's demand, and we're seeing an uptick in demand for U.S. wheat, largely because of China. There were some rumors floating around a couple days ago that China was, you know, shopping U.S. wheat. We have not seen any uh, confirmation of that, but our export sales continue to perform very well. Our pace is ahead of USDA's projections. So in next month's crop report, we're probably going to see USDA increase those export expectations and take ending stocks down a little bit more. So obviously that's supportive to the old crop futures. For new crop, we're looking at a drop in acres here in the United States and also in Europe, primarily France and Germany. We're looking at probably an uptick in winter kill here in the United States across the northern plains. Uh, we've had some pretty wicked cold weather on very light snow cover. So likely we're going to see some acres lost there. That very well could go to spring wheat, but you're not going to get the same yields in spring wheat as you would for winter wheat. So all of that is is a bullish component to the wheat space, but it will take time for that to play out. There's also a pretty good chance you're seeing an uptick in winter kill across Russia. But again, there are two you just don't know until you break dormancy. So for here in the U.S., and Northern Plains, you're, you're looking at mid-April, early to mid-April. In Russia, you're looking at probably mid-April before you really get a feel for what that uh, potential winter kill will be. In the meantime, in the southern and central plains, we've got good moisture conditions, uh, both topsoil and subsoil. The drought monitor yesterday taking down the total drought percentage nationwide, but in particular for winter wheat, they're still reporting around 22% is in a drought region but that's down five points just from last week, and it's down 37 points from a year ago. So moisture conditions across key winter wheat areas is much better than we were a year ago. So we at least can start out thinking that our yield potential is better than a year ago, which obviously would help offset the drop in acres. So at this point, it's a push. But uh, I think just for the most part, knowing that you've got a good base of moisture certainly helps this crop get off to a good start, at least in the southern and central plains. Northern plains, we just have to see what kind of damage Mother Nature handed out over these last couple weeks. If you have any questions, feel free to call 1-800-888-9843. This has been Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.